Welcome to Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? A show where our host engages in a lively conversation with the guest. The guest chooses the topic and the host has no prior preparation or knowledge of the topic. Please note that the opinions expressed on this program are the opinions and views of the host and the guests and are not necessarily the same opinions and views of Al Seeger or Point of Insanity Game Studio. And now, here's your host, Chad Knight. Hello and welcome to Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? Episode 44. Welcome to my mindmare. I'm having trouble, once again, coming up with something to talk about. Instead of letting my fingers do the talking this week, I'm going to do a top 10 list of my favorite board games, starting at number 10. So, number 10, Alhambra. The best master builders in the whole of Europe and Arabia want to demonstrate their skill, employ the most suitable teams of builders, and make sure that you always have enough of the right currency. Because no matter whether they are stonemasons from the north or horticulturists from the south, they all want a proper wage and insist on their native currency. With their help, towers can be constructed, gardens laid out, pavilions and arcades erected, and chambers built. This is a winner of 13 awards. Number 9. Monopoly. Players take the part of landowners, attempting to buy and then develop their land. Income is gained by other players visiting their properties, and money is spent when they visit properties belonging to other players. When times get tough, players may have to mortgage their properties to raise cash for fines, taxes, and other misfortunes. With multiple skins on them, the game has endless possibilities, depending on your mood. Number 8. Trivial Pursuit. It's the original trivia game that started it all. Each player has a circular playing piece with a six pie-shaped holes. The goal of the game is to collect a pie in each color. The colors correspond to different question categories. It's the winner of the 1985 Eretz Spell Best Family Game and the 1990 Mensa Select winner. Number 7. Dominion. You are a monarch, like your parents before you, a ruler of a small, pleasant kingdom of rivers and evergreens. Unlike your parents, however, you have hopes and dreams. You want a bigger and more pleasant kingdom, with more rivers and a wider variety of trees. You want a dominion. In all directions lie fiefs, freeholds, and feodums. All are small bits of land controlled by petty lords and verging on anarchy. You will bring civilization to these people, uniting them under your banner. But wait, it must be something in the air. Several other monarchs have the exact same idea. This game is a winner of 40 awards and honors. Number 6, Apples to Apples. The party game, Apples to Apples, consists of two decks of cards, things, and descriptions. Each round, the active player draws a description card, which features an adjective like hairy or smarmy from the deck. Then the other players choose secretly the thing card in hand that best matches the description and plays it face down on the table. The active player then reveals these cards and chooses the thing card that, in his opinion, best matches the description card, which he awards to whoever played the thing card. This player becomes a new active player for the next round. Winner of the 1999 Mensa Select and 2003 Japan Board Game Prize Best Japanese Game Awards. Number 5. Gothic Doctor is a card game for two to four players in which doctors compete to earn the most money in a single night that's broken up into 11 one-hour turns. The patients that the doctors are treating are characters from gothic literature, such as Mr. Hyde or Frankenstein's Monster. Patients are cured with a combination of cards from the hand indicated on each patient's card. The number of treatments required range from two to four treatment cards, and harder-to-treat patients earn the doctor more money. There is also a wildcard treatment in the game to speed up gameplay, though his treatment is required for some patients. This indie game is one anyone with a love for horror will be ready for. It's a lighthearted look at the movie monster genre. Number 4. Cards Against Humanity Not Family Friendly A Card Game for Horrible People Play begins with a judge, known as the Card Czar, choosing a black question or fill-in-the-blank card from the top of the deck and showing it to all players. Each player holds a hand of ten white answer cards at the beginning of each round and passes a card, sometimes two, to the card czar face down, representing their answer to the next question on the card. 
The cards are determines which answer cards are funniest in the context of the question or fill-in-the-blank card. The player who submits the chosen cards is given the question card to represent an awesome point. And then the player to the left of the new card czar becomes the new czar for the next round. Play continues until the players agree to stop, at which point the player with the most awesome points is the winner. Number 3. Empire Builder Epic Railroad Building in North America Discover a modern North American classic. Celebrate one of the most vital and enduring passions, railroads. Use your initial investment to build track, then pick up commodities where they are grown, mined, or manufactured, and deliver them to a lucrative place of demand. Complete a delivery and make the money you need to buy larger, faster trains and expand your railroad empire. Win the game by building the most effective railroad empire. A player wins by being the first to connect his track network to six of the seven major cities on the board and acquire $250 million in cash on hand. A railroad game of glory. Number two, Stone Age. The Stone Age times were hard indeed. In their roles as hunters, collectors, farmers, and tool makers, our ancestors worked with their legs and backs, straining against wooden plows on the stony earth. Of course, progress did not stop with the wooden plow. People always searched for better tools and more productive plants to make their work more effective. In Stone Age, the players live in this time, just as our ancestors did. They collect wood, break stone, and wash their gold from the river. They trade freely, expand their village, and so achieve new levels of civilization. With a balance of luck and planning, the players compete for food in this prehistoric time. Winner of over 20 awards and honors. Number 1. Arkham Horror The year is 1926, and it's the height of the Roaring Twenties. Flappers dance till dawn in smoke-filled speakeasies, drinking alcohol supplied by rum runners and the mob. It's a celebration to end all celebrations in the aftermath of the war to end all wars. Yet a dark shadow grows in the city of Arkham. Alien entities, known as Ancient Ones, lurk in the emptiness beyond space and time, writhing at the gates between worlds. These gates have begun to open and must be closed before the Ancient Ones make our world their ruined domination. Only a handful of investigators stand against the Arkham Horror. Will they prevail? I personally love this game and play it as much as I can. I suggest if you're a fan of H.P. Lovecraft or horror genre games, you check this one out. So there you have it, my top 10 list of my favorite board games at present. Let's go ahead and meet our guest for the evening. So Joshua Yeager, family man, retired pro wrestler, wrestling progr pro prognosticator, and all-around good guy. Now, I honestly can't remember when or where I met Josh for the first time. If I had to guess, I would guess it was at a local game store. Which one? I have no idea. Can you shed any light on, on, on my failing memory here, Josh? Um, my guess is that the two of us came to meet at a game show called Evercon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're probably <clears throat> right. <laughs> probably probably about 10, 10 or more years ago. I know that I'd known Dan Krieger and like Adam um, for a while. Um, and I think I met, you at, I met you at Evercon, and then I pretty much think that the, the times when we had deeper conversations would have been at your game shop that you were running. Right, right. Yeah, because I, I couldn't remember. I know I've known you for a while because it's one of those names people would say, it, and I'm like, yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> but um, all right, are you ready for five questions? Sure, give me five questions. All right, question number one. What's your favorite food? Ooh, probably lasagna. That is, a, that is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> I just had lasagna for supper last night. It's amazing food. That is amazing. Dude, it's like, I don't know. It's this rare, amazing food. I, you know, I guess, okay, so I'd say lasagna just because that's been my favorite since, you know, I was like five years old. But honestly, um, since I've become an adult and I have a bit more of a, an aged uh, taste of sorts, uh -huh. um, I really do enjoy sushi. I enjoy like real, real, just g generic just a piece of meat on a piece of rice, you know, or a, cake, a little pad of rice. Right. Awesome. And um, especially when it's prepared to perfection, like especially probably not so much around central Wisconsin, but there's a couple of places around here that are pretty good. Um, that and then pho. I, actually, I love pho. Like there's a couple of really good um, Hmong Vietnamese style soups. Um, a couple of really good places around the area that are spectacular. Huh. Okay. Okay. 
I uh I have eaten uh, pho before and I don't I don't dislike it. I have to be very careful because I'm allergic to seafood and fish. Ooh, yeah. So I always have to ask if they've got you know any, any sort of uh, flavors in there that will uh, cause me to have to go to the hospital. So totally. All right. Question number two: Your favorite band or musician? Ooh. Um. I guess it depends on what mood I'm in. Um, I do write um, some reviews and some th thoughts and, and theories on like metal, uh, different types of metal, thrash, um, speed metal, death metal, all kinds of stuff like that. So um, I, I tend to lean towards like hard rock, heavy metal, stuff like that. Um, bands like Arch Enemy, um, Amorphous, um, some of the, some of the newer bands like say Ghost BC or or even like Battle Cross or. Okay. There's, there's a few really good ones, but like growing up, like my my all time favorites. I mean, I love Megadeth. I loved Alice in Chains. Their new Alice in Chains new stuff is really good. Um, and one of my all time personal favorites was KMFDM. I think that they're spectacular, and they they do music that doesn't really have one specific genre that can define it. So I enjoy that because you know your mood can be all over the place. It's like, hmm, I feel like listening to something with a de decent beat that you can dance to. Hmm, okay. I feel like. I feel like listening to something I can smash my skull against the wall to. Hmm, I'm just going to put it KMFDM. It all it all mixes together really well. So. All right. Well, perfect. All right. Question number three. What's your occupation? What do you do? I'm a I'm a data developer slash consultant. So I tickle keyboards and tell terrible jokes all day. Excellent. All right. Number four. What is your favorite game? Be it video, board, role playing. What What's your favorite game? What's that one game that you you always go back to? Wow. Um, one game. I don't know if I can specifically say one game, but if I had to, like my desert island game, uh, probably be a video game since I'd be by myself. But <laughs> um, uh, my favorite game of all time, I think, is East Book 1 and 2 for the PC Engine or TurboGrafx-16. Okay. And then finally, what is your favorite form of entertainment? Is it, you know, what what's the one thing you always go back to? Is it video games? Is it you know, do you listen to radio, podcast, TV? What What's the one thing that, if it went away today, you would miss it uh, the most? Uh, that's easy. Uh, porn. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know how serious you are about that, but hey, we will move <laughs> forward. <laughs> so this is where you get to tell us a little more about yourself. This is This is your time to tell us a little bit more about Josh. Well... I feel like this is the point where I can plug things. So I'm going to plug. Um, uh, like I mentioned before, I do write metal reviews. So you can check out my reviews along with our um, my, my editor, Mark Holmes. Uh, we write reviews for different bands, different all kinds of stuff. I just did a review last week for a band called My Regime. They have an album coming out next month that I thought was pretty good. Um, and I write for a website called metaldiscovery.com. It's metal-discovery. Um I also uh, run a uh, with with one of my good one of my favorite enemies, Zach Hagenbusher. Uh, we we produce a weekly pro wrestling podcast called the PWOT or Pro Wrestling Off Topic. Yes, and for my listeners out there, you should really find this podcast and listen to episodes 111 and 112, I believe. Yep, yep. Our special guest was Chad uh, yeah, on those episodes. Fun. It was a lot of fun. Those were those were very good episodes. I I feel like the the time just flew right by because usually uh, sitting with Zach, I'm almost counting the minutes. It's like oh, we've only been sitting here for 20 minutes. How is that possible? But like he, he really is very expressive about his love for certain wrestlers, isn't he? Oh yeah, he brings out the hatred and the pain in every word he says. I swear <laughs> to God, every time he opens his mouth, an angel dies and falls from heaven. That's just like every time. It just doesn't it never fails. But like um. No, I'm I'm kidding. I like Zach. He's he's, yeah, whatever. Any um, he 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 and I we've been doing our podcast. We're we're, hit, we're about to hit our three year anniversary. Okay, um, like wow. Chad, Chad had mentioned, 112 episodes. So, um, we've been pumping those out pretty regularly for a long time now. So we've got a pretty good repertoire. We don't really like. It seems like um, like Chad, your your podcast seems incredibly organized and it has like specific themes and it has a specific like process that it goes through every episode. Zach and I just hit record and we just go. And most and times, there's something most... to be said for that though. There's something to be said for the spontaneity. I mean, yes, I kind of lay mine out, 
But the the best part of the podcast, which is what we'll be getting to after uh, history, is that spot where you give me the topic and it just becomes a free-for-all. Because sometimes I know what we're talking about, sometimes I don't. Sometimes it becomes more of an interview than an actual back and forth. But Oh, sure. And so I think that kind of keeps it lively because each week nobody knows what we're talking about, you know, until 15 minutes into the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Um, no, yeah. Um, I, there's something to, to, to the advantage of just kind of winging it like Zach and I do. Um, most times we come out with pretty, pretty decent conversation and we feel that too. Like afterwards we'll be like, that was a really good conversation. Like I want to come back to this and listen to this again, because either we, you know, we came to some kind of new discovery or we argued the whole time, which the argument episodes usually get the most hits because we wind up swearing and screaming at each other. But right. Right. Yeah. It all works out pretty well. Um, and then, um, one other thing that I do, um, um, is I run a Facebook page called gamehuggers.com or sorry, just gamehuggers. I don't know why I threw the .com on there. Everything was .com. Because, uh, just ga- because you want it to be a web page eventually. <laughs> no. Um, gamehuggers, <laughs> uh, it's basically a, a podcast slash YouTube channel. Um, we run, um, different YouTube videos, just a whole gambit of video games and, and just general gaming ideas and concepts and comedy blips, just like skits and stuff like that. But we also do like a podcast that we, we run them on Wednesday nights at 9 PM central. Um, we, we've been taking a bit of a break. We haven't done an episode in almost a month now. So, but once we get back in the swing of things, we'll be going again. And, uh, those are called the Wednesday night game humps. So we do those, um, midweek addiction, uh, podcasts. So game huggers, it's pretty cool. You can check it out um, online. I'm already a member. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, also, you know, me personally, I am a dad. I'm a husband. I have six children. Um, my oldest son actually just graduated high school uh, this last Friday. So that was a huge, huge moment for us. Just like kid turns eighteen, that's a big moment. I. I Got a kid to survive 18 years to become an adult. To I'm, beca- right, I'm right there with you, man. My daughter, my oldest daughter, uh, graduates on Wednesday next week. Wow, so, it's yeah. a yeah, it's a big moment. It's like it doesn't really hit you, and you're kind of going through the whole thing, and it's like, oh man, the kids are going to become an adult soon. It's like, but watching them get the diploma and come on down and walking with the rest of the kids, it's like, wow, this is yeah. it's something else, man. It's even a little scarier for me. My daughter's going to UWMC in the fall. Oh, cool. I'm sorry, not UWMC, UW-Milwaukee, UWM, um, in the fall, and she's only going to be 17 until December. Wow. So it's a little, you know, she's young and dad's, you know, freaking out and all that kind of fun stuff, so <laughs> uh, I don't know if it would oh, be man. any easier if I had a boy, though. I, I, I don't. I just, I, you know. It might have. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, why don't we uh, pause here, let's jump into Today in History, and then we'll come back to you, all right, Josh? All right, sounds good. Today in History. As you all know, I get all my information from www.history.com slash thisdayinhistory. June 2nd, 1954, McCartney charges communists are in the CIA. Senator Joseph McCarthy charges that communists have infiltrated the Central Intelligence Agency and the atomic weapons industry. Although McCarthy's accusations created a momentary controversy, they were quickly dismissed as mere sensationalism from a man whose career was rapidly slipping away. Senator McCarthy first made a name for himself in 1950 when he charged that over 200 known communists were in the Department of State. During the next few years, he alleged that communists were in nearly every branch of the U.S. government. His reckless accusations helped to create what came to be known as the Red Scare, a time when Americans feared that communists were infiltrating all aspects of American government and life. Despite the fact that McCarthy never managed to unearth a single communist, his ability to whip up public hysteria and smear opponents as communist sympathizers made him front-page news for several years. By 1954, however, his power was slipping. His earlier charges had been leveled at the Democratic administration of President Harry S. Truman, and Republicans had embraced McCarthy as a useful weapon. When Republican Dwight D. Eisenhower stepped into the presidency in 1953, however, McCarthy's wild accusations became a nuisance and source of embarrassment to the Republican Party. Sensing that his base of power was eroding, in 1954, McCarthy embarked on a spectacularly unsuccessful effort to recapture public support by opening investigations into alleged communist infiltration of the U.S. Army. 
By early June 1954, the McCarthy Army hearings had been going on for nearly a month. This was the first opportunity for the American public to get a first-hand view of McCarthy, as the hearings were televised. His bullying style and hysterical behavior quickly turned off the audience. In a desperate attempt to regain momentum, McCarthy charged that communists had also infiltrated the CIA and atomic weapons industry. No one took the charges seriously, and Secretary of State John Foster Dulles, his brother, CIA Director Alan Dulles, President Eisenhower, brusquely dismissed McCarthy's accusations as reckless and without basis. Just a few weeks later, McCarthy was thoroughly disgraced when the lawyers for the U.S. Army, Joseph Welch, gave him a devastatingly effective tongue lashing which ended with Welch asking the senator whether he had any sense of decency at all. The McCarthy Army hearings collapsed soon thereafter, and the U.S. Senate voted to censure McCarthy. He died, still holding office, in 1957. What do you have for us today? What are we going to talk about today? Um, well, it might be a topic that you've talked about a lot of, and it's probably not the most, um, I don't know, unique or, or creative concept to talk about for a podcast, but I figured we could start with sex with furniture. Sex no, I'm with- kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, oh, it's something it's, it's something that I haven't had a chance to talk about because I mainly talk about video games or, or just gaming in general and pro wrestling. Okay. So I've been wanting to talk about for a while now, talking about comic books and comic book movies. Okay, fair enough. Um, let's start with what's the latest comic book movie you've seen? Well, I, I I recently saw Logan and I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, but I was kind of kind of wanting to talk about what's coming this Friday, and that's Wonder Woman in oh. theaters. And I'm really really excited for this. Like I'm I've been I've been slowly I like I, I stay away from spoilers, but I watched every trailer, and I've also been reading like non spoiler reviews, and it's actually the number one comic book movie right now of all time, quote unquote on RottenTomatoes.com right now. It's got like a 94%. So I am I think we've got a really good DC uh, DC comic book movie on our hands here. Right, which sometimes can be a stretch to get a good DC comic movie. However, with Wonder Woman, I have not... The only trailer I've seen was what I saw before. Um, we just went and watched King Arthur. So they have a oh, trailer. Cool. We have a trailer in front... There's a trailer in front of King Arthur. And that's the only trailer I've seen. And I've... And I've purposely not watch trailers because I, I i think you and i are a lot alike in that way i don't want the whole movie ruined for me before i go see it right but wonder woman looks amazing and uh some of the controversy that has come out over this movie just in stuff that i've read like there was this big thing that lasted for like a week because she's an amazon and she's got shaved armpits and i'm like really this this is where we're going yeah right <laughs> You know, and I was reading an article and somebody pointed out, well, if you really want to get in the, you know, she should have hairy armpits, sure. But we should also, you know, make the actress remove her right breast because the Amazons had their right breast removed because they couldn't shoot their bows otherwise. You know, it was just silly things like that. And I'm like, really, this is where we're going with this? We've got (laughs) a Wonder Woman movie coming out. Yeah. And we're going to nitpick things like, oh, the actress shaved her pits? So what? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a pretty big deal. I think just in general, like the whole concept of getting a, a superhero character that's a female in yeah. a lead role. I mean, this is the first one. Yeah, I was really impressed with her when they brought her out in uh, Batman versus Superman. Yeah, kind of, you know, they kind of introduced her to the world. And it right. was in, in, you know, for me, that was one of the coolest things I'd seen in a long time. I mean, I'm also really um, geeking out because I know they're bringing out an Aquaman movie, and I know a lot of people are down on Aquaman, but I have been an Aquaman fan for a long time. That's awesome. So I'm looking forward to that. But it's just, it's these things that, um, you know, they're trying new things, and I really like that. And the, I think the age, if Wonder Woman does as good as everybody thinks it's going to, I think we might get into an age where we see a lot more of those type of movies with, you know, a female lead, you might see a black, like a black widow or a, um, you know, there's so many of them out there. Maybe, maybe a hawk girl, who knows, you know, I heard that the next, that DC has got two more female led comic book superhero movies coming out. One's okay. going to be, one's going to be Batgirl, which is going to be directed by Joss Whedon. Oh, and that, then, that and then that, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be, I mean, 
I, we'll see. I, I'm I'm excited for it though. I think that can be really cool because that can like lead to like either the you know it could be a prequel to the Oracle. It could be parts of any kind of storyline they want to throw it in there. Be, it, I'm excited for that. And then the Harley Quinn. They're going to definitely do a Harley Quinn. You know, um, one off. Not what was what was your thought on Suicide Squad? I thought it had some really pretty visual effects, and the character introductions were really well done. But overall, the movie was pretty meh like i don't know there was the, the storyline and the final sequences of the film were horrible like right. just shit like i, I don't know you know i don't know what thing, they were thinking my thing was is i'm a big fan of the joker so i'm like oh man a suicide squad movie and then of course you know they leaked the look of the joker and i'm like eh, okay maybe maybe hmm. and then just the way that the joker was portrayed i absolutely hated that character oh wow and that's crazy it is. It just, I thought it was the worst portrayal of the Joker ever. And that includes, you know, Cesar Romero. <laughs> Cesar Romero was fantastic. I know he was, but a lot of people are like, <laughs> that was the Joker. And I'm like, that's what they had to work with at the time. You know, it was, yeah. they couldn't, it was still very uh, campy, a very campy show back then. But, oh yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the character of Harley Quinn. Uh, but I thought that they played her in such a way that she was almost a Stockholm Syndrome character. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but anyway, so Suicide Squad, I, di I didn't like the way that played out. I am not looking forward to them moving forward with that Joker, even though I'm sure it's going to happen. Because overall, it might, people, yeah. overall people seem to love that Joker. I, I actually really did. I thought I, I so okay. So Heath Ledger, I thought did a really good job as Joker in in a way that was completely different, you know, off the wall, very very different than what anyone was ever used to a version of Joker. Yeah, Heath Ledger's um, Joker reminded me of the comic book Joker. To me, that was a, a almost a real portrayal of how evil and vicious the Joker was. Yeah. Yeah, um, my my Joker, my vision of Joker is always going to be Jack Nicholson. I think he's just growing up with that is going to give me the nostalgia bug right there. It's just what I grew up with and what I know. Um, but when I hear the voice of Joker, it will forever be Mark Hamill for me. That's just he's oh, okay. perfect. From he's the, perfect. Uh, from the cartoon. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, his Joker <laughs> seems a little insane as well. Oh yeah. But, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, see, but, uh, I'm, I'm not as much of a comic, or I'm sorry, not comic, much of a cartoon guy when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, I've, oh, tried, sure. I've tried watching some of the series, like, uh, well, back in the day, I loved Justice League on Saturday mornings. Oh, yeah. You know, meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with Ted Knight doing the, doing the voiceover, but... Um, I, I've tried some of the, some of the other ones like Young Titans and things like that. And it just doesn't appeal yeah. to me. It's just not my thing. And, and that's, that's the nice thing about the world of geekdom is you can, not every part of it has to appeal to you. But anyway, that's let's true. get back, let's get back to Wonder Woman. What, what are your thoughts on the upcoming release of Wonder Woman here? Um, I just, I just want a really, really well done kind of introduction to a character with some with some good storyline from beginning to end of the video or beginning to the end of the movie i want like a movie with a complete storyline and it doesn't have to necessarily be something that's going to lead into something else it doesn't have to be necessarily something that's going to just introduce a character and then say like oh and to be continued you know like because dawn of justice i know a lot of people were down on it but the the, the complete version of it that came out on blu-ray last year I thought it was a pretty good movie. Now, I wouldn't say it was like an A+, like everyone needs to see it, but I would say it's a solid B. Like, it was a really well-done flick that has a lot of build-up to it and a lot of angst, and I know Zack Schneider's kind of hit or miss when he does his movies, but I felt like this movie had more Watchmen in it than it did with, than like, say, Man of Steel. Like, Man of Steel was pretty disappointing. But Yeah, but, it really was. 
But Dawn of Justice was was a pretty well done movie. The only thing, the biggest drawback of it is that it felt like it was just this precursor to this series of movies that are about to come out. Like it was like, oh, here's a dream sequence. I wonder what this is going to mean. I get a best, I bet we'll find out in like three movies from now. Or, oh, look at, here's Bruce Wayne. He's talking about, or, you know, he's talking about this, or he has a vision of Man Bat. Like there's all these like little itty bitty teasers in it that are like, oh man, this is going to lead into something else, but it's probably not going to be described in this movie because this is just the, basically like the intro credits for this, this movie series. Um, but I'm hoping Wonder Woman can be kind of a standalone film. I mean, like in the Marvel universe, Marvel has the Marvel has some issues, in all honesty, with some of their flicks. Like the certain movies just are not good standalone flicks. I don't think like Age of Ultron is a good standalone movie. It very much you have to know what's going on before it, and you pretty much have to find out what's going to happen after it. Yeah. Um, Captain America Civil War, another one that's a, it's a, it's a good movie, but it's definitely a part of a series that if you just saw it by itself without having any knowledge of the rest of the movies, you'd probably be pretty confused. But like movies like Captain America, The Winter Soldier, that is a wonderful movie that is from beginning to end, just this one single storyline that sure, there might be a couple characters that you're introduced to early on in different movies, but their parts are very specific to this movie. Right. Um, and I'm hoping Wonder Woman is like that. I'm not, I'm not, maybe my expectations aren't quite as high as like Winter Soldier, which I think is one of the best Marvel movies ever, or even like the first Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a really great standalone movie. Um, but I'm hoping that it's just, it's just concise. It's just, it's a good flick that, that people can finally latch onto, especially if you're a DC fan and say like, oh my gosh, we finally have this one good movie that, you know, I mean, there are good movies out there, but it's, you know, I mean, they, for every, you know, for every Wonder Woman or, or Dawn of Justice, there's another Suicide Squad or there's the Green Lantern. Like, it's just DC <laughs> can't seem to get their shit together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, that's all I want. I just want a good storyline from beginning to end. If it's a solid B or even better, like, I'll be happy. But I'm going in with very open expectations. I don't have, like, really high expectations, and I don't really think it's going to suck. So well, my I think, op- I think open DC expectations. Has, DC has kind of gotten us into a place where we're not sure what to expect you get the batman franchise and it was amazing and then you get green lantern (laughs) yeah green lantern is it had a it had a lot of issues with it definitely and it's not a very good movie but it could have been edited into a better movie and you can kind of tell like when the actors and even even some of the the producers when they were (laughs) when they were making the film, they're like, Hey, this is a pretty good movie. And, and whatever happened in the post-production just like ripped it to shreds and they were trying to be just completely zany and ridiculous with it. And right. it's really interesting. That movie and um, Dr. Strange have a very interesting parallel storyline that goes on there. And people seem to like Mr. or Dr. Strange, but despise Green Lantern. And really? it's weird because they're very similar movies, like I, I very not, similar. In all fairness, I have not seen Doctor Strange. Um, oh, well, I was I, I liked it, but you know, I don't I don't think it's that great. You know, it's one of those things. My my daughters want to see it because of uh, Cumberbatch. Oh yeah, cucumber um, patch. What's that? Cucumber, cucumber patch? patch. Yeah, him. Uh, you know, because he's Sherlock, and of course, that means everything he does has to be amazing. Um, yeah, in fact, sure. I think my oldest daughter may have seen it, but I, I did not. It's one of those I will rent when it comes out or if it's out, but I will rent it at some point and watch it. Yeah, but, it's, it's all right. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of how I feel, honestly, about the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I haven't seen volume two because I'm like, I'll just rent it because the first one I wasn't a big fan of. I thought the story was kind of slow. And wow. Oh, man, then you're going to be... You're going to have a hard time with this one. This, this second one, now without giving out any spoilers, it was slower. And the comic relief that they like to throw in seemed even cheaper. Although the stuff with Rocket and Groot are, is pretty good. However, the stuff with Batista or Drax the Destroyer, mm-hmm. oy, his lines are kind of painful. He's just so silly and ridiculous. They don't. Well, they don't. They don't time it out very well. I don't think. Well, and, and Bautista was never very good on the mic anyway. I didn't think. <laughs> it's true. It's true. He's a good Drax though, and he's a good character. He's got like that. You know, he's very, very literal and almost autistic in a sense. Right. But 
but in the first movie he was so serious and he would break and, and say something funny but it wouldn't happen every five minutes it would happen once every half an hour in this sequel it's like every line is something funny and so it's they like, just tried okay. to fill his his palette with a bunch of uh, quick one-liners to catch a laugh yeah pretty and much. failed it sounds like <laughs> Well, I don't know. A lot of people loved it, so I can't. I can't. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I got a I got a weird sense of taste, so I don't know. So, what do you know about the background of the Wonder Woman movie? Is it being based on the comic books? Um, or you know is what? It I... a, is it a brand new story? Because it almost feels like an origin story from the from the preview I saw. It's. It does. It does. It. Ha I know. Without spoilers, it does feel like it's going to be an origin story, and it's. And then there's other stories that are going around saying it's going to be told like, the movie's going to be almost in a Princess Bride type of way, where she's going to be sitting down to tell the story. Oh, okay. Or even be typing up an email to tell the story. So right. it's like, well, she ain't going to die in it. So. <laughs> right, but she doesn't come. I mean, she doesn't hit the DC world until the. 40s, right? Because it was World War II where she kind of right, showed yep. up, where she kind of showed up and worked with uh, Captain America. Captain America, right? You're thinking of you're thinking of Marvel and DC and mixing up their worlds. Am I? Yeah, Captain America is Marvel. Oh well, see, I'm horrible. <laughs> I, I, I've always been horrible. I can't keep straight who's with who. You know what? Though there probably was a there probably was a World War II Captain America Wonder Woman crossover because DC and Marvel have done a lot of comics um, in conjunction with each other in the past. I don't think you'll ever see that again now that they're both owned by super companies. But like those are fun. Um, when I was growing up, one of my favorite um, story arcs in comics was around like ninety six or ninety seven. So twenty twenty one years ago, we're really aging me here. But like um, DC and Marvel did this. Um, crossover called the amalgam universe where dc and marvel had a big fight and it was like you know superboy fought spider-man and hulk fought superman and okay. batman batman fought wolverine and it was just like these one-off comics that were just the fighting and then at the 10th issue of it this weird like powers that time crazy merging thing happened and like the characters merged together that were fighting against each other and then they had this amalgam this comic book company called amalgam that was like the dc logo and the marvel logo mixed together okay and then they had like um they merged nick fury and bruce wayne and they were like called agent wayne or something like that or agent nick nick wayne or wayne fury or something like, it was something crazy bruce fury or something like that and then they did um they did a superman spider-man character and they did a few other ones that were really cool, like X-Men mixed with Justice League or Teen Titans mixed with X-Men and stuff like that. And it was, it was awesome. Um, a lot of people, I don't know if I don't, it didn't last very long, but that was probably because it was planned to be that way. Mm -hmm. You can't necessarily do these big companies working together to make this comic series, but it was a lot of fun. And if you haven't read those, they're really cool. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll, yeah. It's one of those things where I'm like, I haven't read those. I was a big uncanny X-Men fan back in the day. Oh Yeah. Sure. That was that was always my comic of choice, and then it just kept going and going and going. It did. And, it got crazy. Yeah, it get, I got real crazy, and I just kind of got out of it. And I never really got much into comic books. I'll be honest; it wasn't it wasn't my geek haven. Um, you know, I got into role playing, and that's kind of role playing and board games, and and that's pretty much my thing. You know, and and, and I love going to these uh, comic book movies just simply because it's something that I can kind of relate to as you know as, sure. as a uh, as a geek boy for yeah. lack of a better word <laughs> and it's it's always nice to go see them but i don't have any preconceived notions about them a lot of times and people come up going oh that was a horrible movie and i'm like that was a great action flick man i don't know what you're talking about yeah you know like and then they're like well they didn't do this and they did this and they should have done that and i'm just like you know what go do it yourself then if you can do it better than them Go do it. But uh, that's just me. I'm just just the way I am. But so I'm excited for Wonder Woman. I've been excited for Wonder Woman for quite a while, actually, and I'm looking forward to it. But I am not going to be able to see it this weekend because we're doing my daughter's graduation party this weekend. So it's going to be at least next weekend before I get to do this. Um, but I, I think it'll be um, pretty good anyway. 
So I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. Um, there's there's quite a few this year. There's going to be um, there's going to be Wonder Woman on June second, and then there's going to be Spider Man Homecoming in July. Um, I think is Justice a, is that another reboot of Spider Man? Yes, yes, it is. Are they going to ever get it right? <laughs> well, they got it right the first time. They just made it. They just made one bad movie in the series, and that was kind of what killed it. But you're um, talking the Tobey Maguire series. Yes, I love okay. it. I loved him. I actually, I did not mind those movies. Uh, my wife really liked those movies, but I just think ever since then they've tried to reboot it and reboot it and reboot it, and it's just like. Oh yeah, I completely agree. The 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 Richard or whatever is the kid Andrew Garfield or whatever. Um, the original Amazing Spider-Man, well, it's not the original, but the Amazing Spider-Man movie was pretty good. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 2 was such a huge flop, and it was such a mess from the get-go. It was just like, ugh. Now what are you going to do? I mean, Sony, Sony's in a really weird spot, and so is Fox, where they have to make these Marvel movies for Marvel, but the, they make all the money off of it, or they make all the profits off of it. So Marvel owns the rights to the characters in the comic book universe, but the movie studios, Fox and Sony, own the rights to the characters in the film universe oh, really? so yeah it's a really strange thing because well in the 90s marvel was in a lot of trouble and there was actually a point when warner brothers was thinking about buying marvel but yep i they remember just, that they just were asking too much or whatever and you know and now it's pennies compared to how much marvel's worth now which mm -hmm. is sort of funny because warner brothers could have owned dc and marvel at one time in the 90s but like marvel was in such trouble financially that they were licensing out their comic book characters for films and the first real big hit that they had was, you know, X-Men and X-Men in the films, especially with Fox making the movies, they, they wound up making a huge, you know, huge successful films franchise. Um, and then Fox bought the rights to do the fantastic four movies, which some are, you know, the first one was all right. And then after that, they kind of flopped through those, but then um, Sony bought the rights to Spider-Man and, the basically the agreement is with Marvel is like, if you guys want the rights to these movies, you got to keep pumping out films. And so Sony, when they couldn't get guys like Tobey Maguire to come back or was a James Franco to come yeah. back as, you know, and they couldn't get these characters to come back. They're like, well, we can't sit here and keep negotiating with these guys. We got to reboot the franchise and get all new actors. And so this most recent Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man movies flopped pretty hard. So they are like, well, what do we do? We can't seem to get this right. And we're not making any money off these movies anymore because nobody comes to see them because they suck. Right. And, Mar and Marvel's like, look, let's, let's make some kind of a negotiation where I can put – we can get Spider-Man back in the Marvel universe, in the Marvel film universe with Disney and Marvel. We can put him in the Infinity Wars movie series and we'll even reboot your franchise for you in, in Spider-Man Homecoming. But then – in 2019 Sony's going to have a new Spider-Man movie out again back in their own universe right. some separate from the Infinity Wars and everything else which which what Sony's been trying to build up to for a while and that's to create a Sinister 6 movie which we'll see if that's any good or a Sinister 6 series of movies or whatever it's really it's really weird like Marvel right now seems to have everything going their way but the weirdest thing about it is that they don't have the rights to all their comic books so in this huge infinity wars, you know, this, the, the brink of extinction is happening and they can't even bring in the fantastic four of the X-Men to help the Avengers. Like, cause that's, they should be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I always wonder where this, all these movies that intertwine with each other, you know, cause they get Iron Man shows up in this movie or Superman, you know, is fighting yep. Batman kind of thing. Where does this all end? What is that ultimate, what's that ultimate movie going to be where, the entire world comes together. Do you think that's ever going to happen? I think that's going to be your Infinity Wars movie. At least that's what they're planning on. Okay. That's one and two, and that'll be in 2018 and 2019, I believe. Okay. I mean, because they've been doing these these superhero movies. You know, they started with Superman and Batman again. And I know I'm going different different ways here, but... Sure. You know, and they've worked into, you know, the, there was the X-Men, and there was all these different things that are coming together from the separate worlds. I mean, DC, there's the DC world and the Marvel world, of course. Yep. And I never remember who goes where. So <laughs> I'll probably lump people together that shouldn't be lumped together, but they're all showing up in different movies. And, you know, they talk about this superhero and they talk about that thing that happened in another movie. 
it's like that's got to be building to something. Otherwise, they're wasting this great possibility. And if it's these, right. uh, if it's this, uh, these galactic wars or whatever you said, uh, Infinity Wars, <laughs> then that's cool. They, they've got an endpoint. It's just, you know, I think it would be wasted if they didn't. Right. It, it, there's an endpoint definitely that's coming. I, mean, I shouldn't say an endpoint. There's definitely a climax that's coming, but there's going to be movies after it as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Disney has split off their own Marvel franchise just as Marvel films or whatever. They're going to be doing their own comic book movies probably for the, you know, for who knows, the far-reaching future. Well, I Um, think as long as they keep making money, they're going to keep making them. Exactly, yeah. And and Warner Brothers has done the same thing where DC Comics has got their own film wing now. So they're going to be making just comic book movies. So we'll see. I mean – I think the the future is pretty bright for comic book movies. I think it's cool that that more and more are coming out. Um, it's it's it'll be interesting. It's it's kind of cool to see um, films as well in the comic book universe that are getting like a rated R feature here coming out, where it's like, you know, we got one movie every few years. You know, where Kick Ass was a good rated R comic book movie, and Watchmen I thought was a spectacular rated R comic book movies. But then like. You know, there was kind of like this this long wait in between movies. And then we got Deadpool, and Deadpool, like, broke all these rated R adult film, like, records for, for having as many sales yeah. as it did in the box office. Just complete box office honest, smash. Deadpool was amazing. It was. It was very good. It was very, very good. And one then of they the gave best us Logan. Movies. And Logan was so rated did you R. So did you see Logan? I did. What did you think? Uh, I was blown away. Wow. To be to be honest, the first time that you know Wolverine stuck his 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 claws through some guy's head, I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, it was very violent. That's for sure. Yeah. So, it, did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? Uh, you know what? I guess I guess I enjoyed it, but I was a little bit disappointed in it. I don't think that it was anything necessarily wrong with the film itself. I just. I don't know. It's it. It was it was wasn't was it, it was like okay. It, the things that happened in the movie, I was expecting it, but the way it was delivered was weird. I don't know. There was just something about it that I maybe I'll grasp it if I if I watch it again, or maybe if I right. watch the the black and white no wire version of it, maybe that'll be kind of cool. Well, you know, um, my thing was is when I first saw that first, you know, that teaser trailer, that ten second with him standing there holding a the little girl's hand. Yeah, and, you know, and then this was like Logan, and I'm like, first thing that went through my head was the series, um, you know, Old Man Logan. Yeah, I'm like, oh yep. my god, I hope they make a movie off the Old Man Logan comic book series because that would be amazing. Yep. yep. Because it was only six comics, but it was it was so amazing. And then as I saw more and more of those, because you couldn't stay away from those trailers, they were everywhere. Yeah. I was like, okay, it's not based on Old Man Logan, obviously. Yeah. Um, the one thing that really caught me off guard was that uh, Professor X died. I did yeah. not expect that. <laughs> Whoa, spoilers. Um, well, like pretty much everybody dies. <laughs> well, yeah. It's like much. everybody but these kids. Um, I, I guess I was a little bit. That's. I think that's the problem I had with it. Not necessarily that everybody dies, but just the way that they die. It's kind of not. It's like a little bit anticlimactic. It's a little bit just like oh well. That makes me feel like shit. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, so I'll put in there that there might be spoilers in this podcast. Sure, I mean but, every rated R. But Logan is what? It's already been out a month at least. Well, it just came out on Blu-ray and DVD, but it, it came out in February, so yeah, it's been so, out for a while. But I like, ain't gonna worry about it. No spoilers here. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. I mean, every rated R comic book movie that I've seen in the past, even Judge Dredd, you know, I mean, the new Dredd that was just so dark and so violent. Um, like, it's just weird. Like, there's still, like, really good character development and there's still, like, really good, um, really good lines and really good dialogue between the characters in this. Like, Logan, it's like there was moments where they could have built on it, but they got lazy with it and they're just like, you know, they're sitting around a dinner table and it's like Patrick Stewart and, and, and Wolverine and they're like, hey, remember remember the Statue of Liberty when we saved the city? It's like, yeah. And remember when I used to run this school of gifted kids? Yeah, they were special, weren't they? <laughs> it's like, hmm, are you? oh, that's right. This is an X-Men movie. Thanks, guys. Like, 
Like it, <laughs> it's just so weird. Like, I don't know. I, I just expected slightly more than what we got. I don't know. No, and I, I, I understand that argument, but at the same point, they were trying to give us something more akin to the comic books, a little more violent than what we were used to, because they really, sure. they really, with all the X-Men movies, they really brought the violence of the comic books way down. That's true. Well, I mean, they were all PG-13, so that you'll have that. Right. All right, so you got anything else you want to talk about here tonight? Um, I think that pretty much covers it. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming out. Uh, we'll do a little paperwork here, and then we'll let you go. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. No Thanks problem. for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem. So next week, I'm going to bring in an old friend of mine. His name is Ben Schultz. He's a writer, and he's kind of a what I would call a crazy guy. We have a lot of fun when we get together. He lives halfway across the States. So I don't see him all that often, but it should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, he does a few podcasts of his own, and uh, hopefully we'll get him to pimp those next week for you. You ever wonder to yourself, how do I let this guy know how much I like slash hate his podcast? Or think to yourself, man, I'd love to be a guest on his podcast. I have a great idea for a topic. Well, you're in luck. There are two ways for you to reach out to me. First, send me an email at whosepodcastisit at gmail.com and leave me, uh, leave me an email. Or if you're more into the social media stuff, you can find me on Facebook at either POI Network or at Whose Podcast Is It Anyway. Either way, I look forward to hearing from you. All right, so the last thing we do is we do quote of the day. Today's quote is, glory is fleeting, but obscurity is forever. All right, this was said by Napoleon Bonaparte. He was a French military and political leader who rose to prominence during the French Revolution and led several successful campaigns during the French Revolutionary Wars. As Napoleon won, he was emperor of the French from 1804 to 1814 and again in 1815. Napoleon dominated European and global affairs for more than a decade while leading France against a series of coalitions in the Napoleonic Wars. He won most of these wars and the vast majority of his battles, building a large empire that ruled over continental Europe before its final collapse in 1815. One of the greatest commanders in history, his wars and campaigns are studied at military schools worldwide. Napoleon's political and cultural legacy has endured as one of the most celebrated and controversial leaders in all of human history. So there you go, man. Uh, once again, thanks for coming out, and uh, hopefully we'll do this again sometime. Awesome, man. I'd love to. That'd be great. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Take it easy, buddy. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.